Hey everyone, this is Brie. You are listening to Brief, the podcast that summarizes all the books. This episode covers The Giver by Lois Lowry, which I'm pretty sure I read in eighth grade in my English class. It's a pretty easy read with some complex ideas. So, context and overview. It was written by Lois Lowry, who is an American author. It was published in 1993. Lois Lowry is currently 83 years old. She was born in Hawaii, but she currently spends her time in Massachusetts and Maine. She has four kids, and at 40, she wrote and published her first book, which was A Summer to Die, and she's written several other books, including The Giver, which is actually part of a quartet. The Giver and her other book, Number the Stars, have both won Newbery medals. Like I said, I read The Giver in eighth or ninth grade, and it's frequently read in schools, which is why I'm covering it on brief. Okay, major characters. The main character is Jonas. He is 11 years old when the book starts and he soon turns 12. And in this community that he lives in, when a person turns 12, they get their assignment for the rest of their lives, whether that's, you know, garbage person or teacher or doctor or whatever. And his assignment is rare and he is given the assignment of the receiver. And basically, I mean, we'll get into it, but basically he is the receiver of all memory. He is different. He sees things differently and he doesn't quite get along with his family and his friends. He's super sensitive and thoughtful and just becomes more and more alone and inquisitive as he receives more memories. The next character is the giver. He never has a name, at least in the first book. He is not super old, but he looks really old because of the life that he's led and all of the trials he's had to bear. He's very tired and worn down from carrying all of these heavy memories that he has to carry for his community. He is the person who helps Jonas become the receiver. So he's the giver. Jonas is the receiver. He at one point had a wife and a family, but he lost them. And yeah, that's the giver. So then the next character we have Jonas's father and mother. Jonas's father works in child development. He is a nurturer is what they call him. And he takes care of the children who are born because, you know, there are women whose assignment is to birth these children and then the children are given to other families. So he's the one that takes the children in the beginning of stages of life and kind of helps them grow. He's very caring. And then Jonas's mother is a judge. And then he has a sister named Lily who is seven, and she's very talkative and imaginative. He has a friend from school that he considers his best friend, who's very hyperactive and distracting and gets into a lot of trouble, and he's given the assignment recreation department. And the last character is Gabriel. He is a baby that is not developing as he should, and Jonas's father, like I said, he's a nurturer, so he's taking care of Gabriel as well as a bunch of other kids and kids who don't develop properly in an adequate amount of time are released from the community which means that they are killed which nobody really understands what release means but that's what it is and so Jonas's father offers to bring Gabriel home at night to give him more care and try to get him caught up before that time comes so Gabriel comes home he's given the opportunity to hang out with Jonas's family and Jonas grows really close to him. Jonas is able to calm him down in a way that no one else is. So the themes to look out for that we'll talk about at the end are memory and individuality.
Okay, chapter one. So Jonas is the main character, like I said, and he is nervous about something that is coming up in December, which is called the Ceremony of the Twelve, and it's where he gets his assignment as the receiver, and he's feeling scared or frightened, and he can't think of the word that works best, and that's something that this community really prides themselves on or whatever is like finding the exact right word for how they're feeling. So he's thinking about different words and seeing, you know, how he feels about the situation. And he thinks about the word frightened. And he remembers when he was actually frightened one day when a plane flew very close to his community. There was like a siren and everyone was told to go inside of a building. The speaker comes on and says, you know, it's fine. It was just a pilot in training and that pilot ended up being released. Being released is not something that most people in this community understand what it means, but it does mean death. And that's something that these people don't comprehend. They don't really even know what death is. Anyway, so on page three, it says, for a contributing citizen to be released from the community was a final decision, a terrible punishment, an overwhelming statement of failure. And what these people believe release means, for the most part, is being sent to a different community, basically being banished, when in fact it means death. So he realizes that frightened is not the right word he's looking for, because he doesn't feel the same as he did that day. So then he thinks of the word distraught, and Jonas thinks about a time when he was in class and his friend Asher was late to class, and he had to give a formal apology which is the custom for when someone makes you feel uncomfortable or you do something wrong, you have to do like an outward apology. And he uses the word distraught. And the instructor tells him that that wasn't the right word to use. Like I said, they use, there's like a lot of emphasis on using the right words. And so he's just trying to figure out the right word. So Jonas decides that he is eager for December. And then he remembers that he's a little bit nervous and he settles on the word apprehensive. Later on that night, Jonas gathers with his family for dinner, and every night they are required to have a telling of their feelings. So his little sister Lily is seven, and she goes first, and she tells her family that she is angry because a group of students visited from another community, and they didn't obey the rules, and that made her angry. She says that they acted like animals, which the narrator points out none of them knew what animals were. That's something that's been removed from memory and it's just like a phrase that they use but they don't really know what it means because they don't actually know what animals are. It says on page seven, neither child knew what the word animal meant exactly but it was often used to describe someone uneducated or clumsy, someone who didn't fit in. So we start to see the extent to which things have been removed from this community. So her dad suggests that maybe the children in this new community who came, didn't know or understand the rules here, and that he maybe felt dumb. And anyway, they explain that other communities are different. Maybe they didn't know the rules, and then Lily is no longer angry, and she apologizes for having felt that way. So Jonas's dad goes next. He is a nurturer, like I said, and he takes care of the new children emotionally and physically, and he talks about a boy who might have to be released because he isn't developing the way that he should. And That makes him feel upset, and he tells his family that he wants to bring the baby to stay with them because he thinks maybe he can get what he needs at their home instead of with the night crew, and that will help him develop. This is where we learn that in this society, they're only allowed two children, one boy and one girl, 
And so he has to get permission to bring this other child home and they all have to like sign waivers saying that they won't get attached and that when the time comes, they'll give the baby to his family with no problems. Jonas's mom goes next. She, like I said, is a judge. She works for the Department of Justice and she is frustrated and angry because a man was brought before her that day who was a repeat offender. They only get three chances before they are released. So this was his second offense. And if he does it again, he's going to have to be released. And she's upset at the thought of that. So it's Jonas's turn to share his feelings. And he tells his family that he feels apprehensive about the ceremony of the 12 that's going to happen in December. And his parents send Lily to bed and decide it's better to talk to Jonas about this privately. Chapter two. So every age group has a ceremony in December, ceremony of ones, twos, all the way up to 12. And every child who's born in a year has a ceremony in December, the ceremony of ones. So some children are, you know, older and crawling. Others were just born. And each family receives a baby if they have gone through the process and been approved. And like I said, they can have one boy and one girl. So Jonas's dad brings home this baby boy who is struggling to develop properly. And he finds out on the list of names that his name is going to be Gabriel. And the dad calls him Gabe. And he does this because he thinks if he gives him a name and calls him that, that maybe he'll develop better. Every year, every ceremony that a child goes through, they get something else. Like sometimes they get the girls get ribbons in their hair. When they're nine, they get a bike. It's very structured and rules are very hard to change in this society. And so they just don't. So if someone wanted a rule change, it would go to a committee and then it would go to the receiver. And it was, it's just a really long process that they don't usually do. So things have been the same for a really long time. The ceremony of the 12 is the last of the ceremonies. Like I said, it's the most important. It's where a person receives their assignment, a selection made by a committee of leaders who have been watching these kids grow up and decide what is best for them, their personality and what they're doing, what they would do best in this community to help other people. Jonas's parents tell him not to worry because it is very rare that a 12 is disappointed in their assignment. They pay close attention to these kids and give them the assignment that best fits them and that he shouldn't worry. It says that after age 12, age is not important. And his parents say that most people lose track of their age at some point after 12 anyway. They do get one comfort item at a certain age, maybe like two or three. And it's usually a stuffed animal. And they do give them names like elephant, giraffe, whatever. But they think that they're just fictional things that they made up and made into a toy. But then those stuffed animals are taken from them when they turn eight. Anyway, it's just very structured. Every age comes with a new thing. Chapter three. Most people in this community have dark eyes. It's very rare to have light eyes. And of course, Jonas has light eyes. It's also considered rude to draw attention to someone's differences. It says on page 26, no one mentioned such things. It was not a rule, but was considered rude to call attention to things that were unsettling or different about individuals. So basically no individuality, right? So Jonas's father brings the baby home, Gabriel. And they realize that he also has light eyes. And this makes Jonas reflect, makes him feel self-conscious. And they talk more about what their assignments could be. And Lily says something about wanting to be a birth mother. 
And her mother says, don't wish that. You know, you only have a few years where you give birth to these children and you don't get to take care of them. They're taken from you. And then after that, your job is like a labor worker. Anyway, they start talking about what they could be. Jonas thinks that Lily will be a speaker because she talks too much. Speakers are the people who make announcements over the loudspeakers and community. And they're like reminders of how they're supposed to act. Jonas remembers that one day an announcement was made that was about Jonas. He brought an apple home from school instead of eating it. And he's not allowed to do that. So basically, he was like called out in front of the community. But his name wasn't given. But him and his classmates and his teacher, you know, they knew who he was. Because you're not supposed to hoard food. And the reason Jonas brought it home is because he had taken it to throw back and forth with his friend Asher. And in midair, he saw something in the apple change. And he couldn't explain it, but he was intrigued by it, so he took it home. And obviously, the announcement over the loudspeaker about it made him feel embarrassed. On page 32, it says, That evening progressed as all evenings did in the family unit, in the dwelling, in the community, quiet, reflective, a time for renewal and preparation for the day to come. So basically, every day is the same. Chapter 4. When you turn 8... There's a thing called volunteer hours, and basically you have hours after school where you can choose where you want to spend your time, and this is where the leaders look at you and what you volunteer for, what you enjoy, what you're good at, and this is how they decide what your assignment is going to be. Jonas thinks about a boy named Benjamin he knows who spends all of his volunteer hours at the rehabilitation center, and he thinks that he'll probably be assigned to work there and probably even be able to skip training because he has so much experience. But the narrator tells us that you don't really compliment other people. On 34, it says there was never any comfortable way to mention or discuss one's successes without breaking the rule against bragging, even if you didn't mean to. And so again, there's another way of making people not individual because you can't point out someone's differences, good or bad. That day, Jonas is riding around on his bike And he sees Asher's bike near the house of old, and that means that he's volunteering there. His friend Fiona is another 11 girl, and she is also volunteering at the house of old, and she volunteers there a lot. She really likes working at the house of old, and he thinks she'll probably be assigned there. But Jonas doesn't really spend his volunteer hours primarily in one place. He is unsure about what his assignment's going to be because he goes all over the place with his volunteer hours. But he goes to the house of the old that day. He's helping, you know, bathe the patients. And on page 39, it says, it was against the rules for children or adults to look at another's nakedness. But the rule did not apply to new children or the old. Like even in husband and wife relationships, we'll get into that, but there is no like affection or anything. It's basically just co-living. So Larissa is the old woman that he's bathing and she tells him about a friend of hers named Roberto who was recently released and they told his life story at the celebration and they gave a toast. They chanted the anthem of the community. He gave a goodbye speech and people all wished him goodbye. And it says when old people are released, they walk through a special door into the releasing room And nobody knows where they go or what happens after that. Like I said, they don't have a concept of death and they don't understand what release means. And so they think that they go to like a different place, a different community somewhere where they'll be more comfortable. Something that the community as a whole kind of jokes about is making changes. 
and suggesting a change to the committee because it's widely known that the committee will consider it, but they'll never change anything. Chapter five. So in the morning, there's a family ritual of telling each other about the dreams that they had the previous night. Jonas doesn't usually dream, but last night he had a very vivid dream that he was in the house of the old like he was yesterday volunteering and he was in the bathing room and he didn't have a shirt on and his friend Fiona was there as well and he was trying to convince Fiona to come and take a bath with him. But she only laughed at him and he doesn't understand what this means and he feels angry in his dream that she won't bathe with him and his father is listening and his mother's listening and his father asks, him to describe his strongest feeling from this dream and he says the strongest feeling he had was wanting so his parents send lily off to school and they have another private conversation with jonas and his mom explains to him that his dreams are the beginning of what they call the stirrings and that it happens to everybody at a certain age and basically it's like puberty like starting to have like sexual feelings for other people this community though has pills a treatment for stirrings to suppress them. So they have to start taking pills as soon as they start having these stirrings. His parents take them every day, and everyone in the community takes these pills once they start having stirrings. So basically they're suppressing any sort of sexual feelings that anybody has. Like I said, husband and wife, there's no affection, there's no sex, there's nothing. They just exist in the same place. Like I said, once you start taking the pills, you have to take them until you reach the house of the old. On 49, it says, though the feelings were confused, Jonas thought that he had liked the feelings that his mother called stirrings. He remembered that upon waking up, he wanted to feel the stirrings again, which is obvious, but he's he doesn't understand why he has to take a pill to make it go away because he liked that feeling. Chapter six, year sevens get front button jackets. But before that, they wear jackets that button in the back so that they can learn interdependence. So like I said, every year, something changes for the kids. So the front button jackets are the first sign of independence, and it's a very visible symbol of growing up because you get to do your own shirt up. His sister Lily is a seven, by the way. So the baby Gabriel is in their home, and they granted permission for Gabriel to have an additional year of nurturing before he received his name and was given to a family. So he spends his days in the nurturing center and his nights at Jonas's family home. Jonas remembers a family who lost their son, Caleb. He was lost in the river, which is near the community, and nobody really knows what happened to him, but they had a ceremony of loss, and they were given the opportunity to have a replacement child. So the ceremony of loss is where the community gathers together, and they murmur the lost person's name, Caleb, and they start loud and then they get lower and lower in volume until it's over, it's a whisper, and then they never speak that name again. Okay, so we're, at, we're in December, we're at the day of the ceremony. Lily's a seven, she's becoming an eight. So she goes up to the stage when the eights are called, she gets a jacket with pockets, which indicates that she is now capable of keeping track of her own things. The ceremony of the nines is after. That's where they get bicycles for the first time. Tens get new hairstyles that represent maturity. They all cut their hair off. The narrator tells us that you can apply to leave this community, but that rarely happens. On 61, it says, how could someone not fit in? The community was so meticulously ordered. The choices so carefully made. 
There's a ceremony for matching spouses and so much consideration is taken that it sometimes takes years before a match is approved just to make sure that that couple will work together. Chapter 7. The 11s are sitting together in order of their age number at birth. So every child has a number for their year. Jonas's number is 19 because he was the 19th kid born that year. On page 63, the narrator tells us that sometimes parents used the children's number in irritation at a child's misbehavior, indicating that mischief made one unworthy of a name. The chief elder gets up and gives a speech. These chief elders are elected every 10 years, and the ceremony begins with the first child born that year, and it continues. So Jonas is watching as his classmates get their assignments. They reach his friend Asher, who is nervous about his assignment, as well as Jonas, and everyone knows that as a child he struggled with language acquisition. He would mix up words like smack and snack, and on page 69 it says, Precision of language was one of the most important tasks of small children. You'll remember how he came saying he was distraught and his teacher told him that wasn't the right word. And anyway, so Asher's up on stage and he receives the assignment of director of recreation, which is very fitting for him. Then we get to Fiona. She is assigned as a caretaker for the old, which is also very fitting for her. That's where she spent all of her time. And he is after Fiona. And instead of calling out number 19 after 18, The chief elder skips to number 20, and the whole crowd notices, and Jonas is panicked, and he doesn't understand what's happening, but he's blaming himself, and he's feeling ashamed, but the chief elder just skipped over his number and acted like nothing was wrong. Chapter 8. So the ceremony continues, just skips over 19 and continues. The crowd is just as confused as Jonas. And after all of the children's assignments are given, the chief elder apologizes for the anxiety she caused and calls Jonas up to the stage. She tells Jonas and the community that Jonas has not been assigned. He's been selected. He was selected to be the receiver of memory. Their community only has one receiver. It's the most honored in the community, and it doesn't happen very often, and it's a very high honor. They selected a receiver 10 years ago but it didn't work out. And so the current receiver they have now is getting older and they've been waiting to find the perfect person to be the receiver and it's Jonas. The chief elder tells Jonas that the selection of a receiver has to be unanimous in the community with no doubts. Jonas is told that he was selected for his intelligence, integrity, courage, and wisdom. And they also warn him that he is going to face physical pain. The chief elder says also that the receiver must have the capacity to see beyond. And Jonas doesn't know what that means. And he thinks that they were wrong because he, he's like, I can't see beyond. I don't know what that means. And he's about to beg them to reconsider. But he looks out at the audience and the audience had changed in a way he couldn't describe, but it was just like the apple. And so he thinks maybe that's seeing beyond but he doesn't understand it. So the community accepts him, and Jonas leaves feeling very uncertain. Chapter 9. Jonas's training is supposed to be done alone, apart from others. The new 12s each are given a folder, which contains instructions for their new training. And Jonas asks his parents about the 11 who had been previously assigned to be the receiver. His parents tell him that it was a girl, and they don't know what happened to her. They only know that her name was never used again. So. 
back when I was talking about that child, Caleb, who was lost, the ceremony of the loss goes, you know, they say his name louder than quieter, quieter until it's gone. And then when that family was given a replacement child, they named him Caleb. And they did the opposite where the community says Caleb in a whisper and then louder, louder, louder until it's loud. And then his name is reintroduced back into the community. And when a person dies, like Roberto was released, that name is given to a new child as soon as that older man is released. But this receiver girl, they don't know what happened to her, but they only know that her name was never used again. On page 85, it says, A name designated not to be spoken indicated the highest degree of disgrace. So Jonas thinks or knows that something really terrible happened. Jonas opens the folder he was given at the ceremony, and there's only one sheet of paper in there with instructions that tell him to only go to training and then go home. He is now allowed to be what they consider rude. He can ask questions. He can do a lot of things that people aren't allowed to do. He doesn't have to, like, apologize. One of his only rules is that he can't discuss his training with anybody, and he can't discuss his dreams with anybody. He can't take any medications unless he is sick. So that includes the stirrings medications. He's no longer allowed to take those. He cannot apply for release, and he can lie. So a lot, like, his world is just shattered, like, Every morning he wakes up and he's supposed to tell his dreams, but now he's not allowed to. He's allowed to lie. In replace of that, he can ask questions. He can be rude. He's exempt from basically everything else, everything that everyone else is required to do. Jonas is obviously freaked out by all of this. He thinks about the time when he was a kid and he used the word starving and he was reprimanded for it because no one in the community was starving, had ever been starving or would ever be starving. Jonas can't quite fathom the idea that he has ever been lied to in his life, but he starts wondering if maybe adults lie as well. Chapter 10. After school, Fiona and Jonas ride together to their assignments because they're near each other. Fiona goes to the House of the Old, and Jonas goes to the Annex, and Fiona tells him, you know, if we finish at the same time, I'll ride home with you. Jonas goes to the Annex, and goes to the door he's supposed to go in but it is locked and the attendant lets him in and he feels uncomfortable about this on page 92 it says the attendant seemed to notice his discomfort and to realize its origin no doors in the community were locked ever none that jonas knew of anyway the attendant explains that the receiver locks the door so that he can concentrate jonas notices that the receiver has a lot of books and a lot that Jonas has never seen before and didn't even know existed. He goes into the room and notices a man sitting and introduces himself. The man tells Jonas that from that day forward, Jonas is the receiver. Jonas says, if I'm the receiver, then who are you? And he says, you can call me the giver. He tells Jonas he's allowed to ask any questions and he can clear up any confusion. The giver's job is to give Jonas all the memories that he currently has inside of him of the past. Not just his own past, but the past of the entire world. It says on page 98, There's all that goes beyond, all that is elsewhere, and all that goes back and back and back. I received all of those when I was selected, and here in this room, all alone, I re-experience them again and again. It is how wisdom comes, and how we shape our future. I'm so weighted with them. The giver starts telling him an experience or memory that he has, but Jonas doesn't understand because he doesn't know what snow is. 
The giver goes to turn the speaker off in his room. There's a speaker in every room, in every home, and Jonas is shocked that he is allowed to turn his off because his don't even turn off. And he tells Jonas that that's a good place to start with snow. So he has Jonas lay face down on a bed and takes his shirt off. And he, plan- he tells him that he plans on transmitting the memory of snow to Jonas. Chapter 11. So the giver puts his hands on Jonas and Jonas starts feeling cold. And, you know, he's in this memory of snow. He's catching snowflakes on his tongue. And he is aware that he's still laying on the receiver's bed or on the giver's bed. But some part of him is in a different world. He can see snow falling around him, and he is sitting on the top of a hill on a sled, and he starts to go down the hill. And he's having so much fun and laughing and screaming, and then the sled stops, and he opens his eyes, his real eyes, and tells the receiver that he's surprised, and he really seemed to like it. So the giver says on page 104, even transmitting that tiny memory to you, I think it lightened me just a little. He has a huge burden on his back. The giver says he has thousands of memories and that once he gives them to Jonas, he will no longer have them. So that memory of the sled he just gave to Jonas, he no longer has. Jonas asks the giver why they don't have snow anymore or hills anymore. And the giver explains that it wasn't practical anymore and that it just snow and sledding and things like that didn't make sense for this community. Jonas wishes that they still had those things. And he's like, with your power, why don't you get this back? And the giver on 106 says, I have great honor. So will you. But you will find that it is not the same as power. So he basically is like, I'm powerless. I have a lot of honor, but I am powerless. The next thing the giver does is he gives a memory to Jonas of sunshine. After that, Jonas is confused and he tells the giver that he thought that this would be painful. The giver explains that he is starting with happy memories because with the last receiver that was assigned, he made the mistake of doing painful ones and it obviously didn't work out. But he gives Jonas one last memory and it's a painful sunburn. So when Jonas is in these memories, he can decipher the words for the things that he never knew existed, like snow and sunshine and whatever sled, things that he didn't know what they were, he now can recognize what those words are. But because this was a painful memory, he has a hard time figuring out what the word is. And he asks the giver what that was. And he tells him that it's a sunburn. At the end of this chapter is when the giver tells Jonas to call him the giver because now Jonas is the receiver. Chapter 13. So Jonas is starting to catch glimpses of color everywhere he goes, and he'll see it very quickly before it turns back to like just a shadeless hue. Or is it a hueless shade? I don't know. (laughs) Basically, before it turns back to like grayscale. And when he's talking to the giver, Jonas says, If everything's the same, then there aren't any choices. And the giver says, Well, what if somebody makes the wrong choice? And so they have a conversation about this, and Jonas goes on to reflect why they don't have choices, and he decides that it's much safer because then they can never make the wrong choice. But he finds now that he is often angry and irrationally angry at people in his life who don't get it, especially his groupmates and his parents and his sister 
He doesn't understand how they're satisfied with their lives. It irritates him because their lives have no vibrance that he is now experiencing. And so he's he's irrationally angry at everyone for being just like complacent. And he's also angry at himself that he can do nothing to change that for them. So he decides that he's going to try to give some of this awareness to his friends and obviously does this without asking permission. But he's talking to his friend, Asher, and he tries to get him to focus on the flowers because Jonas is seeing colors in them. And he tells Asher to look closely at the flowers to see if he notices anything different. And Asher is like, what are you talking about? So then he goes to training with the giver. And the giver gives him a memory of guns and people killing an elephant in order to get its tusks. And this makes Jonas really sad. He doesn't like the memory. He watches as another elephant comes out from the trees and lays a few tree branches on the body of the elephant that was killed before it like roars out loud. Like it's grieving the loss of this elephant and it makes Jonas really sad. And it says on page 127, Jonas had never heard such a sound. It was a sound of rage and grief, and it never seemed to end. So he goes home, and he tries to push the memory of the elephant onto his sister, Lily. He tries to, like, touch her and make her feel the memory through him, but he has no success because if you remember, her comfort item is a stuffed elephant, but again, they don't know that elephants are real. They don't know that what an animal is, really. And so he tries to give Lily the memory, but he can't. And when he goes to see the giver next, he asks about the giver's personal life, if he had a spouse and a family. And he says he did have a wife, but she now lives with the childless adults. He says that's where people go once they have no need for a family unit anymore. He tells Jonas on 128, he says, your living arrangements will have to be different from those of most family units because the books are forbidden to citizens and you, he, he has a bunch of books that he's going to inherit from the giver. And he says, you and I are the only ones with access to the books. So basically, he's going to have a tough time having a family. And he says that the entire part of their lives as receivers they're unable to share with their families. He's telling him that he's going to lead a largely isolated life and tells him that sometimes the community will come to him for advice when they encounter something that they haven't before. But that doesn't happen very often and he wishes that it happened more because he believes that there's things he could do and and changes he could make that would make everyone happier. But he says on 130 the giver says, "But they don't want change." Life here is so orderly, so predictable, so painless. It's what they've chosen. So Jonas asks about the last receiver that failed. And the giver says it was 10 years ago when the receiver failed. And when that happened, the memories that the receiver got from the giver were released to the community. And it like ruined them. They had like a really hard time resolving this because people now had access to those memories. They needed the receiver to have all the pain and knowledge so that other people didn't have to. And this is when the giver tells Jonas that the last receiver was a girl. But that's all he says about her so far. 
So the giver says on 133, without memories, it's all meaningless. They gave that burden to me. So it really bothers the the giver that he thinks that life is meaningless without memories, which it is, and without anything that they're not feeling anything. There's no emotions. There's no love. So Jonas continues his training, and he says that some days he goes to see the giver, and the giver sends him away because he's in too much pain. And when that happened, Jonas would walk along the river and try to see colors and think about elsewhere, like other places, and wondered if there were like hills and snow and normal things that he's getting in his memories. He's wondering if there's a place elsewhere where those things exist. And Jonas asks the giver one day, like, what causes him pain? So the giver responds by giving him a memory. Chapter 14. So the memory he gives him is similar to the first one where he was on a sled in the snow. But this time the snow is icier and Jonas loses control of the sled and flies off the sled, hears a crack, scrapes his face, and feels a bunch of pain and begins crying. Jonas asks for relief from the pain, but the giver refuses him because, remember, he can't take any sort of pain relief drugs. And on 139, he thinks about the people in this community, and he says, he thinks to himself, they have never known pain, he thought. The realization made him feel desperately lonely, and he rubbed his throbbing leg. So as his training continues, he learns more and more about pain. The giver tries to, like, he'll give him a painful memory or memories, but then he'll always end a session with a pleasurable memory in order to, like, make Jonas feel better. But Jonas doesn't understand why they have to hold on to these painful memories. And the giver tells him that it gives them wisdom. And he gives him an example. So the giver says that one day a bunch of people in the community decided they wanted to expand their families and add an additional child. So they came to the giver, the receiver at the time, and they sought out advice. And he gave them memories from olden times of hunger. And he says that with hunger came warfare and all of these things. And so he advised the community against adding an additional child because then they would run out of food. It would basically cause pain. And so he decided that adding a third child to the family unit was a bad idea. And Jonas asks him when the last time the committee came to him was, and he talks about the time when the plane flew over the community, which Jonas told us that story in the very beginning of the book when he felt frightened. And the giver says that he advised the people, the government in this community, not to shoot the plane down because that was their plan. On 141, he says, I knew that there had been times in past, terrible times, when people had destroyed others in haste, in fear, and had brought about their own destruction. And so because he has the wisdom and the memories, he was able to advise this government not to shoot down this random plane that flew overhead. Jonas suggests that that everybody should keep these memories, that they should just give them to everyone so the receiver doesn't have to bear so much. And the receiver says, they selected me and you to lift the burden from themselves. And Jonas is like, why can't we change it? But the giver reminds him that the decision was made a long time ago before either of them came along and there's nothing they can do about it. So back in Jonas's house, the baby Gabriel is growing well and passing the tests and the nurturers are feeling good about him. 
but he's still not good at night. And that's what their concern is. He's still not sleeping through the night. Jonas's dad is really worried now that they're going to release him at home. Jonas's dad is telling them about a birth mother who's pregnant with twins. And they said that one of the twins will be nurtured and the other one will be released. And this is determined by birth weight. Again, they don't really know what released means. They think that they're being sent to another community and they call it elsewhere. So Jonas starts wondering about elsewhere. He asks his dad if he can put Gabriel in his bedroom for the night to give him him and his mom some rest. And during the night, Gabriel becomes restless. Jonas gets up and puts his hands on his back and thinks of a pleasant memory. And the more he thought about it, he realized that he was losing the memory because he was giving it to Gabriel. But it worked. It calmed him down and put him back to sleep. Jonas was scared to tell the giver about this because he didn't want him to get upset. He obviously wasn't the giver yet and Gabriel wasn't a receiver, so he wasn't supposed to do this. And so he decided not to tell the giver. Chapter 15. Jonas finds the giver in pain again when he goes to training and he's in so much pain that Jonas feels really bad and he asks the giver to give Jonas some of the pain so he can take it away. And so he lays down and the giver passes this memory to him. And in it, there's men lying everywhere on the ground. And he's next to a boy his age who has bright yellow hair, but he's covered in blood and he's asking for water. And Jonas gives the boy water. And after he drinks the water, he lays down and goes silent. And he's experiencing war. On 151, it says, Overwhelmed with pain, he lay there in the fearsome stench for hours, listened to the men and animals die, and learned what warfare meant. And when Jonas comes back to the present, the giver is ashamed that he gave him this memory. He feels really bad, and he can't look at Jonas. Chapter 16. Jonas is at the point now where he's like, I don't want this assignment anymore. He doesn't like the pain. He doesn't like the stress of it all. He doesn't like that he can lie to people. So the giver decides to give him some happy memories after sharing the war memory with him. And on 153, it says, He had seen a birthday party with one child singled out and celebrated on his day, so that now he understood the joy of being an individual, special and unique and proud. And that's something that he's never experienced before. The giver gives him more memories about art and animals and the joy of solitude. And Jonas asks the giver what his favorite memory is. And he's like, okay, I'll give it to you. And he gives him the memory of a Christmas. But Jonas, in the memory, he's like, obviously doesn't know what it is. They don't have Christmas. And he's confused because he sees old people in the memory in the home with a family unit which is not something that they do right they live in the house of the old and he learns the word grandparents and there's a feeling in this memory that he can't put a word to and when he comes out of the memory the giver tells him that the word is love it's a new word and a new concept to him he talks to the giver about grandparents cuz he knows that once he's old enough he will go live in the house of the old And his parents will live with the childless adults until they're too old and then they go to the house of the old. But he liked the feeling of love and family in that memory. 
and he wishes that he had grandparents and he wishes that the giver could be his grandparent. Even so, even feeling love and wanting it, he recognizes that it can be dangerous. So he goes home that day and he asks his parents if they love him. And his dad laughs and says, Jonas, come on, precision of language, because love is too broad of a term. And his mom says to him on 160, your father means that you used a very generalized word, so meaningless that it's now become obsolete. So they tell him, like, I take joy in you, I'm proud of you, but love is not a word that we use anymore, like it doesn't mean anything, basically, which obviously upsets Jonas. But that night, he decides again to take Gabriel in his room, and he whispers to Gabriel that everything could be different, that they could live in a world of colors with grandparents and with love. And the next morning is the first time Jonas doesn't take the pills for his stirrings. Chapter 17. Jonas wakes up to an unscheduled holiday announced where everyone is free from work and school and they get to do whatever they want. And he hasn't taken his pills, his stirring pills, for four weeks. And he's been having dreams. You all know what I mean. It says, though, he knew he couldn't go back to the world of no feelings that he had lived in for so long. He's, like, past the point. And he keeps seeing more and more colors now. He keeps looking at things and seeing them differently. He's also learned how to analyze emotions differently, especially through the memories he's experienced. On 166, it says, these were deeper and they did not need to be told. They were felt. So he's learning how to feel emotions. He's learning a lot of things that everyone else in his community doesn't get. He, on this free day, decides to go play with his friends and he gets to the playground and Asher and his other friends are playing a war game. Jonas obviously doesn't like this and he's like, let's not play this game. You don't understand what it means. This makes the other kids uncomfortable, but he tells them to stop playing. But, and Jonas recognizes that the way he feels about things is because of the memories, obviously, and the other kids will never understand because they don't have the memories, and this makes him upset, and he leaves. And later that night, when he's home, he's starting to feel a little bit depressed and alone, but Gabriel is really happy, and so he spends some time with him, and his dad tells him that the next day, is when the twins are being born, and that's when they'll decide which twin to keep and which one to release. And the dad is the one that has to make that decision. Well, it's not really a decision. It's just whatever one weighs more. Chapter 18. Jonas asks the giver about release, and if he ever thinks about his own release, the giver says he does, but he can't be released until Jonas's training is done. Jonas finally asks about the last receiver who was assigned 10 years ago who failed. And the giver tells him that her name was Rosemary, and the giver loved Rosemary very much, and it pained him to transfer pain memories to her, and so he didn't. He couldn't, he like could not give her physical pain, and so he decided to give her pain of other sorts, like emotional pain and distress, and one day after a very difficult meeting, she got up and went to the chief elder and asked to be released. She was released, and then that's when they decided to include the rule that the receiver cannot ask to be released. 
Jonas then asks what would happen if he died, if Jonas died. And obviously all of his memories would be given to the people. The giver says it would be a disaster and that the community really struggled after they lost Rosemary because they were unaccustomed to feeling so many things. Chapter 19 Jonas tells the giver that he wishes he could have witnessed the release of the twin that morning, and the giver reminds him that he can basically do and ask for whatever he wants and tells him that they record it and he can still watch the ceremony if he wants to. And so he turns the speaker on in his room and tells his assistant that he wants to watch the release of the twin this morning. It brings it up on a screen and Jonas and the giver watch it together. He sees that the twins are two males. One is six pounds and the other is five pounds, ten ounces. Jonas watches as his father injects something into the baby's forehead and the baby slowly becomes still and dies. Then his dad places the baby in the trash can. And Jonas is obviously mortified by this. Like I said, he doesn't understand what release means. And he never in a million years would have imagined his father killing a baby. In his father's defense, he doesn't see it that way either. So after this all happens, Jonas is obviously panicked. He's freaking out that his dad just killed that baby. And the giver tells him about when Rosemary asked for release and how he watched the release after. and. He said she was very brave because when the doctor went to inject her with this syringe, Rosemary said she'd prefer to do it herself. So she euthanized herself, basically. And on 189, it says, Jonas felt a ripping sensation inside of himself, the feeling of terrible pain clawing its way forward to emerge in a cry. Chapter 20. So Jonas is still at the giver's house. And he doesn't want to go home. He's too upset. And the giver tells him that's fine and tells his assistant to contact his parents and tell him he's not coming home tonight. The giver tries to calm him down. And he says on 191 about the community, he just says, it's the way they live. It's the life that was created for them. It's the same life that you would have if you had not been chosen as my successor. But Jonas can't stop thinking about release. He thinks about Fiona and the house of the old, and wonders if she knows what release means. The giver says to him, the worst part of holding the memories is not the pain, it's the loneliness of it. Memories need to be shared. And the giver suggests that there might be a way for things to change, and they decide to make a plan. Jonas knows that if this plan fails, he'll probably be killed. It says, but what did it matter? If he stayed, his life was no longer worth living. So their plan is that Jonas is going to escape, and when he does, the memories will be released to the community, and the giver will be there to help them, and then they won't have to live in ignorance anymore, and they can, you know, be happy and have these memories, and sure, they're going to feel pain, but it'll be worth it. But Jonas really wants the giver to go with him. But they both know that the community will be in chaos and the giver needs to be there to help them. The plan is that the giver will give Jonas every memory of courage and strength that he can before the December ceremonies. And then in the middle of the night, the night before the ceremony, Jonas is going to leave his house, leave his bike and a set of clothes next to the river in a bush, and then go to the giver. Jonas would leave a note saying he went for a morning ride. The giver would order a car in the morning and send the driver away just long enough to hide Jonas in the car. 
and then the giver would return to the community. Jonas would continue looking for elsewhere, somewhere else to live. But once he was out of the community, his memories would be released to the community. The giver would have to give them advice. And again, Jonas is like, please come with me. But he knows that he can't. And the giver says, my work will be finished when I have helped the community to change and become whole. And the giver says that once his work is done, he wants to be with his daughter. His daughter is Rosemary, who was the first receiver. That is obviously why it was so painful for him to lose her. Chapter 21. So, the plan was set, but then something happened, and Jonas ended up having to leave that night, this night of this chapter, whatever night that may be. So, what happened was, Gabriel, the night before, had gone to spend the night in the nurturing center. He had been doing so well at home, but he cried all night. There was a vote by the nurturing center, and they all voted to release Gabriel the next morning. So Jonas is like, I'm not letting Gabriel be released. He decides to take Gabriel with him. He left in the middle of the night, took leftovers from dinner, stole his father's bike because it has a baby carrier on the back for Gabriel. He pushed through the night, pedaling as far away as he could without the help of the memories of strength and courage that he was going to get from the giver. Jonas stops and they hide their things, try to hide themselves and get some rest. Days pass. Jonas sees the search planes flying overhead a lot. And since they didn't see color, they search for body heat. And so Jonas would, when he saw a plane coming, he would transmit memories of snow to Gabriel so that their body temperatures would cool. The planes came by less and less as the days grew on. Chapter 22. The farther they get from the community, the bumpier the road gets until Jonas one night falls and gets hurt. He realizes that they're in new territory. Both he and Gabriel see a bird for the first time and a deer. So things are starting to get normal in normal life. And it says on 216, after a life of sameness and predictability, he was awed by the surprises that lay beyond each curve of the road. He thinks to himself that after 12 years in a so-called perfect community, he had never felt so much happiness. He also felt fear because now that they were out of the community, they were running out of food, they didn't have access to food. He started regretting his choice to leave the community because they start starving. He has to start giving Gabriel memories of being full and not hungry. But it says on 218, if he had stayed, he would have starved in other ways. He would have lived a life hungry for feelings, for color, for love. And one night it begins raining and both Jonas and Gabriel are crying because they're hungry and cold and afraid. And Jonas is starting to worry that he's not going to be able to save Gabriel. Chapter 23. Jonas starts getting the feeling that elsewhere is close. It starts snowing and so he can't ride his bike anymore. And he tries to summon the last of his power to remember warmth and sunshine in order to pass it to Gabriel. And he trudges up the hill in the snow, trying to make it to the top. And as he gets closer to the top, he thinks about his family and his friends, and he feels joy. And somehow, Jonas knew that there was warmth and light waiting for him. And when he reached the top of the hill, he knew what he would find. It was a sled 
he goes down on the sled and he opens his eyes and sees basically Christmas, which is a memory that he was given that he sees, you know, red and green and yellow lights and twinkly lights and trees and families. And he's so excited to feel this like celebration of love. And he says he knew that they were waiting for him and Gabriel at the end. And then as he slides to the bottom of the hill, he hears music for the first time. Okay, that is the end of the book. So we're going to go over themes. The first theme is memory, obviously. Basically, this community's leaders decided that pain and suffering weren't things that they wanted to feel anymore. And so they decided to eliminate them entirely. So in order to take away the pain, they also had to take away the love and the happiness. So they took away physical and emotional suffering, and this allowed them to live in peace. And they decided to put one person in charge of holding all the memories so that they could go to him for advice and know what to do in order to keep this peace. And obviously, when Jonas learns about this, he realizes that this can't be sustained if true happiness is the goal. And that is his goal. He doesn't want to live in this world if he can't feel pure joy and happiness. And along with that comes pain and sorrow and sadness. Without a memory of something like pain or pleasure, how do you even know it's real? And how do you learn from your mistakes and gain wisdom if you don't have memories? Okay, the other theme is individuality. Basically, you know, every dystopian, utopian novel likes to take away the idea of the individual in favor of the collective. This makes things easier for the government. And it seems like the easiest way to get a community to do what you want. The giver obviously does this in a lot of ways. There's no traditional families, no choices, no emotion, no pain, no suffering. Everything has to be the exact same. There's no choice. There's no free agency, etc all of that stuff. So I don't know any sort of dystopian or utopian novel that doesn't take away the idea of the individual. And that is obviously a major theme. And those are the only two themes I'm going to go over. This book seems pretty straightforward, pretty simple. So yeah, that's it. That's The Giver by Lois Lowry. There are three other books. So if you really liked this one, you can go read those. I'm not going to do summaries on them because they are not normally read in high school English classes. If you are on Apple Podcasts, give us a review so that it makes it easier for people to search us. Follow us on Instagram at Brief Podcast so that you know when new books are coming out.